0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Unlimited. Today, I am talking with Shelley Robinson, who is a certified holistic family wellness coach, cycle breaker, conscious parenting educator, and creator of the Raising Yourself movement. Her passion in life is to empower moms to turn their midlife crisis into midlife magic by teaching them how to reparent themselves, disrupt generational patterns, and take radically good care of their needs. When she's not connecting with her online community or geeking out on the latest neuroscience of cycle breaking, she's probably making a mess in the kitchen with her two kids, trying to find her way out from under a pile of laundry, or snuggling up to a good mystery on the couch with her hubs and her two pups. Obviously, if you've been following me at all, you know how much I resonate with everything she just said, except for the dog. I have a cat. But (laughs) other than that, she and I are very much on the same page when it comes to disrupting patterns and the importance of connecting with ourselves and developing our resilience. She and I met several years ago while we were both building businesses early on, and I had the pleasure of supporting her as she was building a different business. Since we worked together, she started the Raising Yourself movement. And what she's been sharing just hits me every time. It's so profound. And the awarenesses and the shifts that she highlights are powerful. She shared one recently that was about control. And it was about the correlation between how we feel out of control and then try to control, in this case, our children. Because they seem controllable, especially compared to a lot of other things in our life. This hit me really hard because of my own history with dealing with the patterns of codependency and trying to shift those within myself. And it's also come up a lot with clients. I believe that this ties very much to our self-worth, which is why I wanted to talk about it This month and have this conversation as part of this exploration of self-worth and reclaiming our sense of worth. Because as women, so often we are fed this social story around our responsibility to other people, told that we don't belong in places, taught to question ourself, and encouraged to feel out of control. I believe that there are deep roots of codependent dynamics within our society, and it has to do with a lot of the toxic belief systems that we have around devaluing women. I actually talked about this recently in an interview I did on the Notable Woman podcast, where we talked about our society's obsession with productivity and how much it prevents us from Allowing ourselves space to process, having that time to connect with ourselves and listen in a deep way to ourselves, which is the core of being able to listen deeply to another person. And it's something that Shelly and I dig into in this episode about nurturing relationships with kids or anyone starts with knowing ourselves and allowing ourselves that space to listen deeply, tap into our intuition, and make decisions from a space of love rather than a space of fear or a need to control, which ultimately stems from a place of fear, right? So some of the other things that we talk about in this episode are disrupting patterns of being that we have learned, releasing labels and behavior as a basis for our self-worth, the importance of building our own resilience, and being aware of where we're putting our focus. This episode is full of some fabulous nuggets. I know you're going to love listening to the conversation. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Valerie Friedlander, Certified Life Business Alignment Coach, and this is Unlimited. This podcast bridges the individual and the societal, scientific and spiritual, positive and negative, nerdy and no, there's just a lot of nerdy. (laughs) Come on board and let's unlock a life that's as badass as you are. Welcome, Shelly. I am so excited to have you on the Unlimited podcast. And I would love for you to share in your own words with everybody a little bit about you and what you're all about. You've been sharing some amazing things on social. I've known you for several years now. And
1: um, I just love what you've been creating. So tell people a little bit about you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So I am a certified holistic wellness coach and I. I love, and I would say I'm almost obsessed with this idea of helping women, particularly midlife moms, disrupt patterns in their own life that are preventing them from feeling like themselves. And so I've done this work for quite a few years. I started out in more of the wellness industry, and I became, as I became um, a more veteran mom, if you will, I have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old. I became fascinated with how patterns show up in our own family lives. And so I've really become a student of my own patterns and a student of this, of this topic. And I I find it so fascinating because it gives me hope. And it, it reminds me that what, wherever we are in our lives, we can change. So it's been, it's been a life, well, not a lifelong, but I would say motherhood woke me up to this, um, where I just became really more aware of my own behaviors and, And doing so, I've been able to support a lot of other moms and women along the way. So that's the professional stuff. And then the personal stuff is, like I said, I have two kiddos. I have a boy who's 10 and a little girl who's 5 and um, a husband, two dogs, and a lizard. So that is my family life. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, We have
0: kids that are pretty similar in age because I have an almost 10-year-old and Mm -hmm. a six and a half year old. Yeah. Six and a half yeah. year old who's wearing yes. size eight now. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah. Keeping up. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that as you know, because yes. I grew up in a home that was impacted by alcoholism mm-hmm. and watched my parents engage in their own self-development work when mm-hmm. I was quite young. I was about eight yes. when- recovery came into our home. And so watching them do their work while I still had to do a lot of my own work right? as I went along, it was really powerful to see them do that. So I love that you're doing that work and also that what you share is amazing. And one of the things that you shared recently really jumped out to me. And it, I mean, actually all of them, all of them do. You all should follow Shelly on Instagram will have the links in the show notes, but she shares some of the most amazing things. Um, but one of the things that jumped out that I really wanted to talk about, because I've been talking a lot about self-worth and mm-hmm. how that impacts how we show up when we don't right. feel worthy and the tendency when we don't feel worthy, there's a there's a control, an inner control that doesn't seem to be there, but we try and fix it outside of ourselves, right. By controlling things outside of ourselves. And that was one thing, you know, the first step of 12 steps is to admit that we're powerless, right? It's really hard one to do. Cause I feel like our society emphasizes being in control, right? Being and, powerful and in control. Yes. And the importance of that. So tell me more about what you talked about with the,
1: the idea of control and how that impacts the way we show up right kids Uh uh-huh yeah it's such a fascinating topic um I think as parents you know we're we're under a lot of stress as parents no matter what and even more so right now and anytime a human being is feeling like attacked like that by life in any way they want to regain a sense of control and as when we're surrounded by people little people who have less power than us and less resources than, than us we certainly don't mean to but it's natural it seems to be natural that we don't want, we want to control them because maybe everything else in our life feels like it's spinning out of control and we really don't have control over it so we take that lack of control subconsciously and try to rein the control in with our children. And of course, when I say control, I don't mean not keeping children safe. Of course, we're not going to let them juggle knives and touch hot stoves. But I mean, really, truly controlling their behavior, their dress code, you know, every little aspect of who they are as human beings. And it makes us feel like we have a little bit more control. But unfortunately, it kind of squashes their sense of who they are and any autonomy that they you know, are worthy of having. So I think that shows up in parenting a lot. That's, those are my thoughts on control. And real quick, I'd love to touch on the self-worth thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's also something I think that comes up in parenting and how we raise our kids and how we were raised. And so often, I'm sure many of us and your listeners can relate to being assigned a label of good or bad Mm-hmm. based on their behavior right growing up oh you're naughty or you're, so, you're such a good girl be a good girl don't be a bad boy and so we automatically assign our behavior with our self worth we learn that in childhood mm-hmm. and so when that's learned and that's ingrained in, in you and you grow up and then you um you know don't quote behave then you automatically assume you're less than and When really you're still the exact same worthy, lovable, whole human being that you were before you, maybe you misstepped or you made a mistake or whatever the case is. But that's part of what I'm so passionate about is breaking those cycles, noticing, oh my gosh, where did I learn that? Oh, I learned that in childhood. I don't want to repeat that pattern with my own kids. So I'm going to like really become more mindful about assigning these labels Mm
0: -hmm. of who my
1: kids are, who I am based on how I behave.
0: Yeah. Well, and, What you just said a minute ago really jumped out to me of that idea of, well, it's not like we're not going to try and keep them safe, right? Right. But I think sometimes that idea of what keeps our kids safe, like what feels dangerous Uh is a subconscious thing that is tied to our own behavior and what was safe for us as kids if we haven't looked at that and recognized like, okay, there's physical safety, but our brain takes in danger Right, as physical danger and perceived danger, right? As in the same place in our brain. That's true. So yes. Breaking free of that, like I don't want my kid to get hurt emotionally,
1: right? And how
0: that can lead to
1: trying to control them and their mm-hmm. behavior. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, and I guess what comes to mind is an easy example is like choosing to let them wear what they want to wear, assuming again, that it's physically safe, that they're not going to be physically harmed in it, but like knowing that maybe they're going to wear something to school that you are pretty darn sure that someone's going to like poke fun at. But, Mm -hmm. and so it's, it's balancing that, like allowing them to make their own choices and autonomy and all of that, but also protecting them. And, And so that's why parenting is so hard. It's the way life is so hard. There is no rule book on this. And it's about using our instincts and trusting ourselves and honoring our kids. And so, um, there are no rule books and there are no like black and white answers, but I think the whole, to me, the whole point is listening to your gut and, and just saying, and, and kind of asking yourself the question, am I coming at this at a place from of fear or love? Mm
0: -hmm. And if
1: it's a place of fear, then it's probably an opportunity to examine whether it's true. And so, um, that's, I think part of, what's so cool about parenting is it turns us inside out and I created the movement, raising yourself. I mean, you were truly raising yourself alongside your children and figuring this stuff out with them. And they're, they're forcing you to like reckon with these, like, where is this coming from? Where is this like automatic response to wanting to control them coming from? Yeah. because It's not, it's coming from someplace and it didn't just get implanted there that day. It comes from a long line of things.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, that choosing what do we want to perpetuate both in our own lives with our kids, but also in the world. Right. That's right. So a lot of, you know, a lot of my listeners are people who want to make an impact in the world Uh who also want to support and enjoy time with their kids. And so oftentimes those two things feel very in conflict. Yes. As, mm-hmm. as I know you know, like I relate deeply. <laughs> absolutely. It's like okay, so stretching yourself in your comfort zone can enter that okay, there could be danger here, which can right. make us want to control what we feel like we have control over more. Right. Yes. Ie our children.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I wonder What is the process for you look like when it comes to discerning the difference between when you're showing up
1: out of fear and when you're showing up out of love? I think so, you know, as a mom with two kids at home, there's not a lot lot of time to think. Like there's not a lot of, it's not very quiet around here. Let me just say that. And two very noisy dogs. I resonate with
0: that so much.
1: Yeah, so I mean I have to if I really really need to discern the tr- like the truth from the li- a lie, I have to go somewhere quiet. So that's like logistically I have to make that happen. I cannot think straight and I can't hear my heart when there's too much noise, so I have to find a quiet place. And then I really do ask myself like is this fear coming from a, like a lie or is it is it a genuine opportunity to grow? And again, there isn't a math formula for this. So it's just listening to your gut, listening to like being led by if there's a higher power you believe in or some sort of spiritual element. But for me, it's just, it's a knowing, you know, I, if I get quiet enough with myself and if I'm honest enough with myself about whether I'm being afraid because it's a truth or a lie, I don't, I've, I've never been misdirected. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just trusting yourself. And it goes back to how kids, how we're raised as kids. And I'm not saying we, I'm not saying like as adults, we should blame every problem we have on our childhood at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be held responsible for all that when my kids are adults, but we do learn a lot of this stuff. And as kids, you're not trusted. You're just not trusted as a child. And of course, they you have to be again providing kids with a safe environment where they can make choices that don't hurt them. But it's a lot of other things. Like you're not allowed to make ch- you weren't allowed to make choices as a kid. So when do you learn to trust yourself? Is it when you turn 18? Like when are you trustable? Mm. So um I yeah. I, I, depending on how you were raised with like religious rules and household rules and whatever, did you have a say Were you allowed to have an opinion about that? Like, were you trustworthy? And if you weren't ever trustworthy as a kid, when was that permission slip given to you? For many people, it's never like, they never, ever, ever trust themselves. So um, with my kids, I try to give them so many opportunities to just like, what do you think? I don't know. Like, mommy doesn't have the answers. Like, and of course it's got to be, you know, reasonable and age appropriate and developmentally appropriate, but like, I don't know. What do you, like, what do you want for lunch? Like, I don't want to make all your decisions for you. And like, let them practice owning their own decisions and owning their opinions and sharing what they think about the world because we can't give them all the answers. Yeah, They have answers. It doesn't matter how old they are. They know things that we don't know. That is so key. Well, and 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 they don't have as much baggage. That's as right. We they have right? So, so much, there's they so much innocent. And like we're like filtering all of our stuff through so much crap and like so much baggage. And they're just yeah. like, it's this, mommy. And I'm like, ah, oh, of course it's just that, you know. <laughs> like, how did I not see that? Like, you know, I'm sure there's so many times during a week that they teach me something and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I? not know that. Like we're homeschooling and I'm being constantly reminded, like I will not learn what I don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. Like you can't make me, like you can threaten me with a test or a punishment, but I'm not going to learn it if I don't want to like, learn. and I'm learning that in myself. Like I'm trying to honor my own desires to follow what I'm interested in and not do mm-hmm. things that people think I should do.
0: Yeah. It's I, just, it's,
1: yeah. That idea of of when
0: do you become trustworthy? It comes Mm -hmm. up so much with clients of having been gaslit before, right? Totally, And, And told that what they perceived wasn't what they perceived. And I work with a lot of highly empathic, intuitive women. Right. And so there's that difference between like your intuition and your gut and how sometimes mm-hmm. your gut is more your self-preservation right. mode and right. your intuition right. is that heart space, that space of connecting to some sort of higher power, something greater than yourself. And I yes. love the the question um, or the, the thought that urgent need is my will mm-hmm. and calm certainty is... A, a greater will like a higher power mm, yeah will. yeah and i often will look at that and go what am i listening to but also recognizing like whatever that higher will is or whatever it's still got to go through me it's got to filter through me right and I love the idea of having community of having conversations uh-huh. to be able to process information of course it helps that you know i'm an outlawed processor so right me too. <laughs> having that bounce back but to be able to, to see things from more than just my own brain. Right. And have like a community that can process what is a loving way of showing up to this as well as having the space and yeah, giving ourselves the gift of space knowing that even though our kids might want our attention all the time, yes, <laughs> that it actually is beneficial for us to take that space to listen, to learn to trust ourselves so that we can learn to trust them because if we can't listen to ourselves, we're not going to be very good at
1: listening to other people. That's right. That's right. And that's such a like that's such a great point. And I shared, I don't know, not too long ago, something along the lines of like you you know your child as well as you know yourself. Like you like if you can't know your own self, you can't tap into who you are I don't know how you can possibly know someone else on a deeper level if you don't know yourself that well. And so that's why it's so important to like, it always starts with us. I think there's so much parenting advice out there about, um, you know, do steps one, two, three with your kid, but it always starts with us. And um, it doesn't matter how much you step by step something with someone else, whether it's a kid or a client, like you have to like, know yourself First. Yeah. And everything else kind of springs from there.
0: Well, it's about that relationship. Yeah. Right. Like you can't have a one-sided relationship. It's not a relationship, then it's a dictatorship. That's right. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I you know, one of the things that that I often look at go when I think about how I was raised and and some of the dysfunctional patterns in my home. Yeah. I know that my parents. Luckily in my case, were never pushing that on me. Like they they even told me, like, we're doing this work, codependency, like all these words were thrown around. I didn't totally understand. But I look at what I interpreted, and we often think that there are What are those? The three things we can't control with our kids of eating, sleeping, and pooping. Yeah. Right. But I also think the way they think, we can't control the way they think or what they take away from an interaction. I can't actually control that. Right. So what would it look like if I let go of how they took something and just focused on
1: showing up? to the situation as best I can, right like stood in your own authenticity and like let go of
0: yeah what yeah. was
1: interpreted yeah
0: and there's there's one instance with we went on a, a Disney cruise my grandmother sent us on a Disney cruise. Uh-huh. apparently we had this great time. it was amazing. Uh, it was just, it was me before my sister was born and I made a friend there was dancing. we had so uh-huh. much fun. The only thing I remember about that trip, because uh-huh. when my parents went on the date night and I went and had pizza and a movie and the movie was the never-ending story and it scared the living daylights oh. out of me and that's all I remember about that trip yeah <laughs> and when I told my mom that as an adult she was so she was so upset about it she's like,
1: but we had so much fun oh that <laughs> like, is yeah, you can't control what I took away from that that's right and it's such a Good reminder too with how siblings can grow up with the same parents. And one sibling might like have a completely different interpretation and perception of how they were raised compared to the other siblings. So, you know, um, the parents might have used a form of discipline or had household rules that one sibling's like, yeah, I'm totally on board with these. And the other one's like, What? What? You know, like <laughs> completely on a different page. So it really is. I mean, we can't, as parents, no matter what we do. Like our kids are going to interpret it. And I think as long as our hearts are in the right place and coming from a place of love, like that's really, that's where that surrender comes in and that lack of control. And you're like, I can't, I can't do anything else with this, you know, Yeah. other than repair. If the way you said something or did something, maybe like hurt their feelings or caused the rift in any way, but otherwise, yeah.
0: Yeah. I like the idea that if you own your own work, also, I mean, I feel like I got a lot of permission to ask for help mm-hmm. by watching my parents ask for help. That's awesome. And say, I need, I, I need more than what I can find on my own. Right, and it normalized it. It made it okay to say,
1: I need other people, and right. I need support. Yeah, I. That's so important, and I think it's. A, you bring up a good point that. I think in personal development and like healing work and all this inner work that we do, it's easy to focus on what didn't maybe go well in our upbringing and what cycles were breaking, but it's also just as important to honor and celebrate and perpetuate the ones that did go well, you know? Um, so, I mean, not, not everyone can find those silver lines. if you had a really traumatic childhood, but yeah. Um, if you didn't experience that, and you and you know somewhere in there there was some good things that you're carrying forward. If you have children, um, it's important to honor those too because those those exist for a lot of people, and I think those are easy to forget. And I'm sure there is probably a neurological, physiological explanation about why we remember the scary stuff. It's probably like
0: it preserves us. Yeah, the happens. preservation.
1: Like we really like we think. I don't want to ever see the never ending story ever again. Like that was terrifying. (laughs) I would not survive a second viewing. So there's probably a very scientific reason those imprints are there. But um, that's why gratitude and all that's so important. We've got to kind of like balance that out with like, oh yeah, but also I danced and made a friend. And um, I'm not saying kids should remember that, but as adults, if we can be more intentional about remembering those good things we want to bring forward in the world, that's just as important as, you know, breaking the negative patterns that we want to break.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Something that you said about the allowing kids to have their own journey and trust Mm -hmm. them to make decisions. And I think some of that comes into letting go of them getting hurt. Mm -hmm. I mean, and not like physically hurt, like we talked about safety, but emotionally hurt to help learn resilience instead of fearing that they're going to be broken because Mm -hmm. of that feeling like we were broken at some point. Because I know there was a long period of time where I thought of myself as having been broken and
1: needing to be fixed. Same. Yeah. I think, okay, so let me think about this. I want to share an example of something I asked on Instagram. I ask a lot of questions in my story sections because I because people give answers and I think it helps us remind each other that we're all kind of in the same boat. So one thing I asked my community was what was something like, how are you oppressed as a child or something along those lines? And the number one, like without question, like I got hundreds of responses and the number one answer was like, I never had a voice. Mm. And so to your question that you just asked, like, as parents, it is in our nature, of course, in our good nature to protect our kids emotionally and to not let them get hurt. But at the same time, like, it's kind of like pick your poison, like they're, they're going to get hurt one way or the other. And I know we want to protect them from getting hurt at all. But if we, if we, protect them in the short term by not letting them have a say in anything and trying to protect their feelings in every little scenario that life throws their way. They're going to grow up when they're 40 years old and say on Instagram stories to someone they don't know that their voice was oppressed. You know, So it's giving kids chances to mess up and then learn from that and then trust themselves to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're designed to do as humans. We're designed to you know, we do. We're going to stumble and we're going to fumble, and we might get our feelings hurt. And that's the parent judgment call. Like that's where you parenting. That's we're older and wiser and have more resources. So that's when we can say, you know what, this is completely no. This is a firm no. Or there's we have to make these like risk risk assessments and say, I feel like he or she needs to kind of like explore this on their own, discover like the outcome or the natural consequence and like learn from that in a way that I'm going to be here to support them if something is uncomfortable or hurts their feeling, you know? So it's giving them, a, it's that, it's co- that walking that tight rope where you're, you can't squash their sense of like figuring themselves out and their sense of figuring, you know, getting their own humanity kind of, understood and again it's like when do they become when's the permission slip to become like you know your own human you know yourself like do you get that when you're 18 no you get practice you know at age appropriate and developmentally appropriate appropriate milestones in your life so I think it all goes back to just giving your kid a chance to trust themselves so they don't grow up and feel like they don't know who they are yeah and
0: with that I notice that it's harder, like with control, the more we yeah. out of control we feel, the more we want to control our kids. Right. I see that with that <clears throat> idea of trusting ourselves and mm-hmm. not just trusting our decisions, but trusting our resiliency. Yeah. Right. To be able to then allow other people, such as our children, to develop their own resiliency. Right. That's right. Right. And yeah, I, I would wonder, like, what, what do you see as, as you learn from watching your kids and engage that experience for yourself? What's helped you develop that resiliency for yourself or
1: that trust in your resiliency? I think it's just, it's being willing to be vulnerable for myself. So I, I have to be I have to be vulnerable in order to experience the other side of like what if that doesn't quite pan out the way I want it to. And then if it doesn't, I know that I can get back up and try again. And I've had a couple of other businesses in the past and they have not panned out the way like I hoped that they would or that I anticipated that they would and here I am. I'm still here. I'm trying something new, you know, and I I see in myself that I can get back up again and the only way that I know that my kids can get back up again is that I experienced that myself. Mm-hmm. And so if we can't trust ourselves to be able to be resilient, we are, we're never going to trust our kids to be resilient because we think, well, I can't handle it. How, how could a 10-year-old possibly handle it? So for me, it's just you know being vulnerable and being courageous and trying things that are outside of my comfort zone in a way that I know is going to stretch me. And then if something doesn't go as planned, I'm still okay. And I learned something. Mm-hmm. I never fail. I always learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm seeing in
0: in my mind as a as a comic book nerd, like that <laughs> montage from Captain Marvel where she's encouraged to focus on all the places she fell down, but then uh-huh. she realizes that if she just looks a little bit further, she sees all the places where she gets back up. Yeah. And that, that is the thing that she chooses to focus on where she mm-hmm. realizes she has power. Yeah, maybe she got knocked over, but she got up every right. time after that. Right.
1: Yeah. There's a really cool art in Japan. It's Jap. There's, and I, I don't, gosh, the name is escaping me, but it's Japanese pottery. And have you heard of this? Yes, the gold. The right. gold. Yeah. So there's cracks in the pottery and the gold uh um, makes it even stronger and more resilient than it was before. So it's it's precisely the broken I, we're not broken, but in right. the pottery no, the- case, <laughs> the broken pottery, you know, it's the falling that makes you stronger. Like that's the whole that's the whole thing. Like yeah. without the falling, you wouldn't get stronger. You would literally always be the same. So you're never gonna grow without being uncomfortable. And I think that's such a good lesson for kids to understand. Like you are going to be uncomfortable. Like even when my son is learning a new math skill. I'm like, this is going to be uncomfortable. Like I warned him ahead of time. I'm like, this is going to feel like mentally hard. And if you don't know how to do it the first time and just, so just get ready for that. And I think just knowing that that's part of the process and just kind of surrendering to that, like, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. But on the other side of that, I'm going to be stronger, smarter, more, you know, Mm -hmm. evolved, whatever it is. Yeah. Capable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can do. I can
0: do hard things. I I say that a a lot to myself Mm -hmm. and to my kids. I'm like, that's right. Like, it's
1: too hard. I'm like, you can do hard things. I know. Yes, it is hard.
0: Yes, Yes. I'm going to acknowledge the hardness of this. Yes, not going to pretend that it's not. And I'm going to say that I know that you can do hard things, and I'm here to support you doing that. Yeah, and working on making sure that I say that to myself. Yeah, and if there's any like, what support do I need? to do that. Right. Yeah. And I know that you have a wonderful support resource on top of following you on Instagram where you share amazing
1: things. Would you tell everybody a little bit about that resource? I would. Yeah. It's a guide. It's called Breaking the Nightly Cycle of Shame. And if It's designed for moms. However, I think it could really be applicable to just about anyone who's trying to disrupt a pattern in their life that they're not wanting to hang on to. Um, So this guide helps women who are struggling with their kids and the yelling. So, you know, so many parents struggle. We all struggle with the yelling. We regret it immediately. We beat ourselves up. It affects our self-worth, right? We're like, who am I? I'm a terrible mom. I'm yelling at my kids. And then we say, we're never going to do this again. And then the next morning at breakfast, we're like, shut up, you know, so it's this cycle. And you could could substitute yelling for whatever, like food you don't want to eat or drinking or whatever the habit is that you're trying to break. And so this guide is is oriented to help you break that. It's a 10 day workbook. It helps you kind of cultivate some awareness about why that might be happening and helps you to overwrite that inner critic. That's, you know, like on your case about being a bad mom or a bad person or whatever the case might be. So that's on my website. It's Shelly Robinson.com slash free guide. So you can check that out and see if that might be helpful for you. Yeah. It will be in the show notes. Yeah. So before
0: we wrap up first, I want to thank you. This has been an amazing conversation. So many powerful nuggets in there that I always love getting reminders for myself. Cause sometimes, sometimes it's one, it's one thing to like say it to yourself. It's another thing to hear it from Mm -hmm. somebody like it's that coming from inside of you versus coming from outside of you. There's there's a validation yeah. and a support that comes from that. I, I so value what you have to share. And so I will have the links to follow Shelly there. I do like to ask mm-hmm. two questions. Yes. To wrap this up. The first being what does being unlimited mean
1: to you? So my f- silly answer would be unlimited coffee, but like my aunt, <laughs> my other goes that way. I would have to say, trusting myself. It mean, it feel that feels unlimited to me because anything is possible when you do trust yourself. Anytime you're trusting yourself with other people's opinions and expectations, there's a limitation around that because it's rooted in someone else's kind of worldview. And when I, and that's just been like my big awakening in midlife and in my forties is like, it is okay to trust myself. Yeah, I know best. That doesn't mean I'm not willing to learn and, you know, seek out help when I need it, but like there's an inner wisdom in myself that I have completely discounted for most of my life. And I feel really unlimited when I honor that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. I so resonate with that. Yeah. As you know. Yes. Um and so secondly, what song helps you connect with that space
1: or that feeling of limitlessness? Oh, I love this. I love this question. So I will tell you a corny story. <laughs> Anytime I can get out of the house and have a minute to myself and go do target curbside pickups or whatever, I blast the Moana soundtrack and particularly the How Far I'll Go song. Yes. Like that is like I will I will skip listening to my audible books and my podcast and I'm like, Moana. And I s- sing it like <laughs> at the top of my lungs and I And it's been like this for years, like ever since that movie, this has not like changed and I probably should find a new like spirit song, but this is it. It's still it. (laughs) And I love it. I just like love what it stands for and it's changed for me over time, what it means. And like, so it kind of like adapts, it's like a shape shifting song for me, like depending on where I am in my life, but it just resonates with me so deeply because this girl is like trying to chart her own course and society and family is like trying to pull her back and say no. And that's, To me, what life is all about is like breaking free from these molds that we're being asked to fit inside of and that we're trying to fit our kids inside of. And she's trying to be a pioneer in her own life. And I'm like, yes, Moana. So that is hands down easily my favorite unlimited song. Thanks for listening. Yes, I so yes, appreciate you being good. here. If you got something I'll out of today's to episode, please share it. Like leave I me a review, sing, take a screenshot full full and post because, it on social yeah, with a yeah, shout out to, to me.
0: Send know, it to a friend I have or, that song. you know, I have. follow like, the above.
1: Want to hang out more? Join me on Instagram. Or better yet, get on my mailing
0: list to make sure you don't miss out on
1: anything. And remember, your possibilities
0: are as unlimited as you are. Allow yourself to shine, my friend. And I'll say the that The world next time. needs your light. Yeah, you, you can See you be next time. To your embarrassment of me.
1: That's right. You can just put on earplugs. Yeah. <laughs> Leave <Okay>. me alone. <laughs> I
0: love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for yeah. joining. us. Thank I... you
1: so much for having me. Yeah. It's a wonderful chat.
0: Yeah, definitely. Should do it again sometime. I would love <laughs> that. <laughs>